The Editor's Guests by Will Carleton. Read for LibriVox.org by Robert Robinson. The editor sat in his sanctum, his countenance furrowed with care, his mind at the bottom of business, his feet at the top of a chair. His chair arm and elbow supporting, his right hand upholding his head, his eyes on his dusty old table with different documents spread. There were thirty long pages from Howler, with underlined capitals topped, and a short disquisition from Growler, requesting his newspaper stopped. There were lyrics from Gusher the poet, concerning the sweet flowerets and zephyrs, and a stray gem from Plotter, the farmer, describing a couple of heifers. There were billets from beautiful maidens, and bills from a grocer or two, and his best leader hitched to a letter which inquired if he wrote it or who. There were raptures of praises from writers of the weekly mellifluous school, and one of his rival's last papers informing him he was a fool. There were several long resolutions, with names telling whom they were by, canonizing some harmless old brother who had done nothing worse than to die. There were traps on that table to catch him, and serpents to sting and to smite him. There were gift enterprises to sell him, and bidders attempting to bite him. There were long staring ads from the city, and money with never a one, which added, please give this insertion and send in your bill when you're done. There were letters from organizations, their meetings, their wants, and their laws, which said, can you print this announcement for the good of our glorious cause? There were tickets inviting his presence to festivals, parties, and shows, wrapped in notes with, please give us a notice, demurely slipped in at the close. In short, as his eye took the table, and ran o'er its ink-spattered trash, there was nothing in it did not encounter, excepting perhaps it was cash. The editor dreamily pondered on several ponderous things, on different lines of action, on the pulling of different strings. Upon some equivocal doings, and some unequivocal duns, on how few of his numerous patrons were quietly prompt paying ones, on friends who subscribed just to help him, and wordly encouragement lent, and had given him plenty of counsel, but never had paid him a cent, on vinegar kind-hearted people were feeding him every hour, who saw not the work they were doing, but wondered that printers are sour. On several intelligent townsmen, whose kindness was so without stint that they kept an eye out on his business, and told him just what he should print. On men who had rendered him favors, and never pushed forward their claims, so long as the paper was crowded with locals containing their names. On various other small matters, sufficient his temper to royal, and finally contrived to be making the blood of an editor boil. And so one may see that his feelings could hardly be said to be smooth, and he needed some pleasant occurrence his ruffled emotions to soothe. He had it, for lo, on the threshold, a slow and reliable tread, and a farmer invaded the sanctum, and these are the words that he said. "'Good morning, sir, Mr. Printer. How is your body today? I'm glad you're to home, for you fellers is always running away.' Your paper last week wasn't so spicy nor sharp as the one week before, but I suppose when the campaign is opened, you'll be whooping it up to a more. That feller that's printin' the smasher is going for you pretty smart, and our folks said this morning's at breakfast they thought he was getting the start, but I hushed em right up in a minute and said a good word for you. I told em I believed you was trying to do just as well as you knew, and I told em that someone was saying, and whoever twas it was so, that you can't expect much of no man nor blame him for what he don't know. But, laying aside pleasure for business, 
I've brought you my little boy Jim, and I thought I would see if you couldn't make an editor out of him. My family stock is increasing, while other folks seem to run short. I got a right smart of a family. It's one of the old-fashioned sort. There's Ichabod, Isaac, and Israel, a-working away on the farm. They do about as much one good boy, and make things go off like a charm. There's Moses and Aaron, our sly ones, and slip like a couple of eels. But they're tolerable steady in one thing. They always get round to their meals. There's Peter, is busy inventin', though what he invents I can't see. And Joseph is studying medicine, and both of them boarding with me. There's Abraham and Albert is married, each working my farm for myself, and Sam smashed his nose at a shootin', so he is laid on the shelf. The rest of the boys are all growin', except this little runt, which is Jim, and I thought that perhaps I'd be makin' an editor out of him. He ain't no great shakes for to labor, though I've labored with him a good deal, and give him some strappin' good arguments I know he couldn't help but to feel. But he's built out of second-growth timber, and nothing about him is big except in his appetite only, and there he's as good as a pig. I keep him a-carryin' luncheons, and fillin' and bringin' the jugs, and take him among the pertaters, and set him to pickin' the bugs. And then there is things to be doin' a-helpin' the women indoors. There's churnin' and washin' of dishes, and other descriptions of chores. But he don't take to nothin' but victuals, and he'll never be much, I'm afraid. So I thought it would be a good notion to larn him the editor's trade. His body's too small for a farmer. His judgment is rather too slim. But I thought we perhaps could be makin' an editor out of him. It ain't much to get up a paper. It wouldn't take him long for to learn. He could feed the machine, I'm thinkin', with a good strappin' fellow to turn. And things that was once hard in doin' is easy enough now to do. You just keep your eye on your machinery and crack your arrangements right through. I used for to wonder at readin' and where it was got up and how, but tis most of it made by machinery. I can see it all plain enough now. And poetry, too, is constructed of machines of different designs, each one with a gauge and a chopper to see to the length of the lines. And I hear a New York clairvoyant is runnin' one sleeker than grease, and a rentin' her heaven-born productions at a couple of dollars apiece. And, since the whole trade has growed easy, t'would be easy enough, of a whim, if you was agreed to be makin' an editor outin' of Jim. The editor sat in his sanctum and looked the old man in the eye, then glanced at the grinning young hopeful and mournfully made his reply. Is your son a small unbound edition of Moses and Solomon both? Can he compass his spirit with meekness and strangle a natural oath? Can he leave all his wrongs to the future and carry his heart in his cheek? Can he do an hour's work in a minute and live on a sixpence a week? Can he courteously talk to an equal and browbeat an impudent dunce? Can he keep things in apple pie order and do half a dozen at once? Can he press all the springs of knowledge with quick and reliable touch and be sure that he knows how much to know and knows how to not know too much? Does he know how to spur up his virtue and put a check rein on his pride? Can he carry a gentleman's manners within a rhinoceros hide? Can he know all and do all and be all with cheerfulness, courage, and vim? If so, we perhaps can be making an editor out of him. The farmer stood curiously listening while wonder his visage o'erspread, and he said, Jim, I guess we'll be a-goin'. He's probably out of his head. 
but lo on the rickety staircase another reliable tread and entered another old farmer and these are the words that he said good morning sir mr editor how is the folks today i owe you for next year's paper and i thought i'd come in and pay and jones is a-goin to take it and this is his money here i shut down on lending it to him i coaxed him to try it a year and here is a few little items that happened last week in our town i thought they'd look good for the paper so i just jotted them down and here is a basket of cherries my wife picked expressly for you and a small bunch of flowers from jenny she thought she must send something too you're doing the politics bully as all of our family agree you just keep your old goose quill a floppin' and give em a good one for me and now you are a chuck full of business and i won't be taking your time i've things of my own i must tend to good day sir i believe i will climb the editor sat in his sanctum and brought down his fist with a thump god bless that old farmer he muttered he's a regular editor's trump and tis thus with our noble profession and thus it will ever be still there are some who appreciate its labors and some who perhaps never will but in the great time that is coming when loudly the trumpet shall sound and they who have labored and rested shall come from the quivering ground when they who have striven and suffered to teach and ennoble the race shall march at the front of the column each one in his god-given place as they pass through the gates of the city with proud and victorious tread the editor printer and devil will travel not far from the head end of poem this recording is in the public domain